Welcome to the Mastering the Game of Life podcast. In this podcast, there'll be insights around three key areas to mastering the game of life. Purpose, prosperity, philanthropy. Your host, Paul Lowe, the third sector mentor, is the founder of Hearts Global CIC, which along with many other of his charitable commitments, has been responsible for positively impacting thousands of people's lives, particularly young people from disadvantaged communities. Author of Mastering the Game of Life, From Pain to Purpose, and Speaking from Our Hearts books. Introducing your host, Paul Lowe. Welcome, it's Paul Lowe here. Many thanks for listening to this podcast where I'd like to start as ever by asking a simple question. Our human needs, are you aware? I sincerely hope that life is good for you and all that your human needs are being met. I suppose before being able to answer that particular question though, it would be useful to understand what framework or model underpins our human needs. By the end of the podcast, My intention is to have raised your awareness about this critical consideration in all of our lives. Whilst there may be different schools of thought about this, the one that I particularly resonate with is Anthony Robbins' Six Human Needs approach. He offers that we all have four core or primitive needs that need to be met before then having a further two higher spiritual needs. In terms of the basic four, they are certainty uncertainty or variety, significance, and finally, love and connection. The two higher needs are growth and then finally, contribution. I'd like to share with you our dominant factor throughout my life, the demon drink, played a massively significant part in meeting all six of my human needs, either directly or indirectly, starting with certainty. In my world of emotional instability, not to mention the results of constantly feeling vulnerable and insecure, the demon drink gave me a modicum of comfort, so I thought. Upon reflection, all I was really doing though was numbing my pain and suffering temporarily. By burying my head in the bottle, I was also certain that I didn't need to perform for anyone else and as such, I didn't need to meet their expectations. I also became very certain that it would give me short-term escapism from the harsh realities of my life. Because I had created a black or white, all or nothing survival mindset, I gained a great deal of certainty by setting a date for a wild binge, as well as then setting a date for finishing it. I needed to take back control of my life, and by my implementing these self-imposed timescales, I created a large degree of certainty for myself. The flip side of this came in the form of uncertainty or variety. The Dutch courage derived from my brain being pickled by the alcohol and the certainty that it provided actually laid a platform for then embracing the uncertainty of whatever might happen next or how I would react, particularly emotionally, to any given situation that presented itself. For example, I could switch from being the next great tenor singer and one of my party tricks was to perform Nissan Dorma when I felt brave enough through drink or becoming embroiled in senseless drunken brawls with anyone that I took a dislike to. 
This fed seamlessly into meeting my third human need for significance, a need to feel important and in special, not only when I was on the drink, but also when I was off it. When I was on the wagon, I would swap my drunken exploits to gaining significance by committing to supporting charitable endeavours on a large scale. With love and connection, it's true that so many people settle for connection rather than the riskier option of embracing love. In my own case, though, I don't believe that to be true. I always believed massively in the power of love. It's just that it was greatly challenged by my own deservedness issues and the lack of the one love that really mattered, my own self-love. Drink, through the singing and fighting, actually gave me a strong connection to many people. Not always good though. Although the penultimate human need, growth, was not directly an outcome of my drinking, there was certainly an indirect relationship with the drink. You see, every time I embarked upon a period of self-imposed abstinence, I became totally committed to doing massively positive things, achieving peak physical fitness, obtaining degrees and raising hundreds of thousands of pounds for many charitable causes, even though my own world was unstable, to put it mildly. Finally, the highest human need, contribution, is about giving beyond ourselves. As with growth, my contribution to others was a result of the indirect relationship with the drink and it only kicked in while I was in, I was in a sober phase. At this point, it's worth mentioning that if three of our needs are met at a rating of six or above, with a score of 10 meaning the need is met completely, we become addicted to that particular behaviour. Not difficult to see then how the booze met my four core needs directly and even the other two were met indirectly, combining to create a very addictive pattern of behaviour. Conversely, significance, growth and contribution were all met through sobriety. So whichever way you look at it, it's not hard to imagine how the drink played such an influential part in my life. In fact, it was my life. So much so, I'd just like to share with you a poem I wrote and sub subsequently had published. It's called The Question of Bottle and there's a large part of my own story and learning in this as well as some of the people I've witnessed over the years. Um, and I think it's fair to say positive role models that I saw at the time, particularly from the world of football. A Question of Bottle. A man in his prison cell, all alone and he's down. His eyes are all bloodshot and his face wears a frown. One way or another, a life behind bars. He once had it all, fast money, fast cars. But now he is broken and everything is lost. The legacy of booze, was it all worth the cost? He needed his tipple to help him get by. Now everything's gone, he wished he'd stayed dry. The drink was a comfort when things got too tough. At night he felt numb, in the morning just rough. The lies and the violence he promised would cease, but booze had control and never gave peace. Tears stroke his cheeks as he thinks of it now. Perhaps he would change, if only he knew how.
It's a question of bottle on which one to choose, the one full of courage or the one full of booze. Neither is easy and both promise gains, but one offers hope, the other just pains. So when you're alone with only booze as your friend, reach out for support, no need to pretend. Before switching the focus onto how the six human needs may impact on your life, it may be worth remembering three things. Firstly, these are not maybes, wants, likes, loves. They are must-haves in our lives and we will do anything to ensure our needs are met in any way necessary, whether that's positively or negatively. Secondly, having looked at values and rules in the previous podcast, We'll actually violate our values to ensure our needs are met. It's our needs that really drive us forward. Thirdly, most of us have two top needs that act as our key drivers. For example, someone who has certainty and significance as their top two will be a very different person to someone that has a variety in love and connection as theirs. I was obviously meeting my needs through drink in a very negative way. But with my newfound awareness, it was simply a case of flipping the situation on its head and replacing the toxic way with a new, far more empowering version. In practical terms, I'd focused on developing my purpose, prosperity and philanthropy through the three pillars of life model. So what about your six human needs? Are you aware of how they might be impacting your life? Let's undertake a simple five-point exercise. Start to write down the six human needs, beginning with certainty, and create three little boxes after the word, labelling the first box, bad time, the second one, good time, and finally the third box as present time. Underneath, repeat the process for uncertainty or variety, and then repeat a third line for significance, a fourth line for love and connection, a fifth line for growth, and finally a sixth line for contribution, all with the three boxes at the end. Bad time, good time, present time. Now think of a time in your past when life wasn't so good and place a tick in the bad box if that particular need was being fully met or a cross if it wasn't, going down all six lines to cover all six needs on the list. Go back to the top of the needs list and repeat the exercise, this time working down the list and putting a tick or a cross in the good times box. Finally, repeat the exercise for the present times box. And this is the critical one and will highlight which of your six human needs are currently being met or not as the case may be. The point of the exercise is to raise your awareness about the powerful nature of the six human needs and how they strongly influence how we behave within our lives. More specifically, what do you need to do right now to have more certainty, more variety, more significance, 
more love and connection, more growth, and be able to contribute more in your life. Food for thought. Until next time, take care and best wishes. Thanks for listening to the Mastering the Game of Life podcast. Drop a line to paul at paullowhearts.com with any thoughts or questions you may have, and he'll be more than happy to respond. Alternatively, check out Paul's website at paullowhearts.com or any of his social media feeds under the same name. Remember, mastering life starts by embracing our hearts.